So the plan was uh, for me to fly to Edmonton and pick up uh, a half-ton truck that belonged to the one of the dads of one of the other kids, uh, rent a U-Haul trailer, uh, the biggest one I could rent, pick up the Alberta kids stuff and then bring it back to Saskatoon and then move everything out and then leave the truck out there for the kids. That's a small excerpt from the story that you're about to hear. I'm Dave Dirksen, and this is Stories Told by Friends. My friend Michael dropped by to tell me an incredible tale, and I'm happy to be able to share it with you today. Hi, Michael. Hi, Dave. Nice to see you. Thanks for agreeing to share a story today. Happy to be here. Yeah, it is great to have you here. So uh, before you begin, as an introduction, is there anything that you want to tell us about yourself? Uh, sure. My name's Michael. Uh, I've lived in Saskatoon for over 20 years and raised uh, my family here. And it's uh, where I call home. It's a great place to be. Fantastic. Okay. Well, let's get into the story. Uh, I'll be over here listening. I, I won't uh, interrupt, but I may not be totally uh, silent as I react to whatever <laughs> you're about to tell. And I've never heard this story before, but I've heard rumors that this is a good story. So uh, right. I really appreciate you telling it. Well, this is the story of our uh, winter break adventure 2020 uh, as we tried to move our daughter uh, Emma to Toronto to begin her uh, post-secondary education. And Emma is uh, a dancer in our family. She has danced uh, ballet and jazz and all kinds of stuff since she was two or three years old. That's what she loves to do more than anything. And as she uh, went through school, she had uh, a dream to uh, continue dancing after uh, school and to be to do that professionally in whatever way that she could. And so she was really excited to get uh, accepted to go to George Brown College in Toronto. And uh, they have a, a really nice program uh, connected to uh, Ballet Jorgen, who she had done some work with and uh, just really loved that program and had a couple of friends who she'd made along the way uh, in the dance world who were also going there. And so we had planned with the other families to help the kids find a place to live together once the program started. And with COVID this year, the start of their program got postponed from September to uh, January 2021. So as we, through the fall, we had been looking for places and we found a place for them that was uh, really close to the school uh, where they could have a nice small bubble uh, to start their program in, in a safe way. And so the plan was uh, over the uh, winter break to um, uh, two of the kids were in Alberta and two are in Saskatoon. So the plan was uh, for me to fly to Edmonton and pick up uh, a half-ton truck that belonged to the one of the dads of one of the other kids, uh, rent a U-Haul trailer, uh, the biggest one I could rent, pick up the Alberta kids stuff and then bring it back to Saskatoon and then move everything out and then leave the truck out there for the kids uh, and then fly back. And my son Duncan was going to go uh, with us and my dad who lives in Calgary, uh, he spent a long time in his career as a truck driver and uh, a great guy to have on a long uh, winter road trip for sure. And he was super excited to go on this drive because that's what he likes to do for fun. So anyways, um, I took uh, a week off of work before the uh, school winter break began and um, our, our trip started out pretty normally. I flew to Edmonton um, and uh, got picked up at the airport by uh, this dad and uh, their son Owen and already we were in kind of some uh, it was a little bit tricky because they weren't supposed to have people in cars that weren't your family member. 
And so they came out with two cars to the airport. And uh, as I got in the truck uh, with Owen, um, the boy, the, uh, the dad, Chris said to, to Owen, if you guys get stopped, he's your dad. So make sure that that's the story. So <laughs> we left the airport with that. And um, Chris had been telling me before I went that he'd got done a lot of work on the truck and got everything fixed so it would make it to Toronto and it would be good for the kids and had done a bunch of stuff, uh, including uh, changing out the CV joints in the front end. And um, I say that as if I know what that means. And I do now, but like I'm not really a car person in terms of that. So we leave. Owen goes with me. We pick up this U-Haul trailer. Um, we get to the IKEA and pick up a couple of pre-ordered things that we'd gotten there. And then as we hit the highway to go uh, to go south, um, uh, our next stop is going to be Lacombe because that's where the other kids' stuff is. Um, there's this terrible banging noise in the front end of the truck. And so we, and I thought we'd blown a tire because it suddenly just started like that. So we pulled over um, and um, looked, no blown, no flat tires. And like I crawl under the truck and like, I don't really know what I'm doing. So I'm like, I can't see anything <laughs> wrong. So I said, well, we'll just, we'll try driving, I guess. And if I get up to a certain speed, this noise would start again. So Owen's on the phone with his dad uh and uh chris and he says well actually i replaced these cv joints myself with a buddy so they're brand new they shouldn't be doing that but let me come out and look so then we meet him on the highway and he looks under and he can't see anything wrong so i said well we'll just go slow because if we go stay under 75 it doesn't make that noise so we got to make it to calgary so we make it to lacombe we pick up the rest of the stuff um but this happens a few times on the way. So in the meantime, Chris has been looking in Calgary and he says, I got a mechanic who's a mobile mechanic and he'll come and meet you at your mom and dad's house. So I'll make it to mom and dad's. Dad helps me repack the trailer because my dad was also a meat manager for Safeways for many years and he's obsessed with organizing uh, stuff. And I remember as a kid going into Safeways on Sundays to reorganize the meat counters and locking my little brother in the meat freezer in the back. And, <laughs> but he had to reorganize the trailer because I didn't do it the way that he wanted it. So he reorganized it, which was actually turned out to be really good in the end. Um, got it all fixed. This mechanic comes to the house the next morning. He goes under and says, your CV joint is blown. And he's got it up on a jack and shows us. And it like the this joint is actually coming apart and it's moving like this. And he said, I don't know how you made it here from Edmonton because that should have just come apart and if on the highway like you could have been in the ditch or whatever so um, he put it back together temporarily and said come over to my shop and i will i'll replace it for you so we unhook the trailer my dad and i go over like super slow through the city to this this guy uh, um, uh, his name was smitty and he had kind of like a, a newfoundland accent and um but he'd been here for 20 years but you could still hear it so we go to his place and he's got this big um like a triple car garage with a high ceiling in the backyard and that's his shop so we pull it in there and he gets it up on a lift uh gets the tire off and starts looking at all the stuff and smitty says like it's not only your cv joint like look at all of these other parts in your front end like you'll never make it to toronto um, like you've got these, these controllers and these tie rods, like, and all this stuff is looking like really rusty and 
not great, but I, I don't know anything about fixing cars. And Chris had said he'd fixed all this stuff. So we FaceTimed him under the truck and Smitty is showing him all these things. And so then Chris says, well, just, just fix it. And like, I'll pay for it, but it's got to be done. So, okay. So we hang up we, and then he starts taking off like all the front tires, all of these parts. And the, the more he goes, um, the more frustrated he's getting with taking this stuff off because it's all kind of rusted together. And, um, and then he starts kind of like swearing at the truck and like throwing his wrenches and tools and saying, I can't believe this is so hard. Why isn't anything working? And then he says, uh, and then he says to my dad, I've got to go smoke a joint cause this is too stressful. <laughs> So he goes out of the garage. The whole front end of the truck is off. Like there's no way we can leave. Like it's all taken apart, scattered out on the floor. So then he comes back a little bit later, calmed down. But um, so then my dad and I said, well, can we help you? Like we're not mechanics, but if there's anything we can do. So he puts us to work like unscrewing things. And um, it became clear to me that uh, in a one-person garage, he did not have the tools to do this job. Uh, and it wasn't really a one-person job. Like there were parts of it that were really needed more than one person. So we've been there for about five hours at getting the stuff off. And then my dad is starting to, like, I can see like he's swaying a bit and, and just looking like he's not himself. And then my dad says to Smitty, uh, how much longer is this going to be? Because I'm diabetic and uh, I didn't bring any of my stuff i thought we were just going to be here for a couple of hours and he said oh we're going to be here for a long time still this like this is going to be a, a couple of days so then i'm thinking holy shit my dad is about to pass out and like we're on a timeline we've got to get to we have one-way flights back from toronto in a few days so we and i had hotel rooms booked along the way so like we don't have we had a little bit of flex time but not a lot so I phone my mom, she comes up with food for my dad and some juice and things. So we get him kind of leveled out. Meanwhile, Smitty's been out for a few more smoke breaks in the meantime. And uh, it's it's not uh, not going very fast. So eventually we left and said, look, quick, we'll, he said, yeah, I'll work on it all night. We'll get it. It'll be done by the morning. We'll, we can do it. So I'll go back to my mom and dad's and. We kind of look at the timelines, like if we're not done by lunch tomorrow, like there's no way we can meet our rest of our hotel and all of those things. So let's see. So dad and I go over there at about 8.30 the next morning. And it's clear that he did a little bit of work on it after we left, but I don't think he was up all night doing it. And uh, at this point, he asks us to start putting little X's with a white marker on bolts that we've tightened because he couldn't remember what we'd done and what we hadn't done. Um, I suspect because of the drugs. Um, and so it went on like this for a whole nother day. We spent about a 10 hour day with him finally getting our vehicle back together. So, and I didn't trust that it was done safely because he just had gone, he went downhill he was crying at one point and then oh, no. be swearing and then smoking on his weed pipe. And, and I learned how to replace the front end of a truck. So that was really interesting. My dad was having a great time because he grew up on the farm and then we had this grass cutting business and like he loves monkeying with things and actually had a lot of respect for my dad because as a kid, I thought he didn't know what he was doing because it was so irritating 
But actually, he, I don't think we got it, would have got it done without my dad. So they got it done. And I was like the third wheel hovering around. And my job was like to get clean rags or to take these dirty <laughs> tools and wipe them off and put them in the right cases while my dad and Smitty ended up fixing the truck. So anyways, we've now postponed all of our flights, postponed um, our hotels, like backed them all up a few days. Um, and this is all leading up to before Christmas. So at the end, I spent the whole time in Calgary that I was supposed to have spent driving to Toronto. And when I left uh, Calgary, um, oh, and then we went to Canadian Tire the morning before I left. I'd made an appointment and they said, I don't know who did your work, but none of this stuff is tightened. It's all just hand tightened. So I had to go back up on the hoist in uh, Canadian Tire. One new part had been broken by Smitty and then they had to retighten basically everything in the front end. He said, you wouldn't have made it you know, an hour out of the city, this wall would have been falling apart. So thank God for Canadian Tire. And then it was too late for my dad to come with us at this point. It was too close to Christmas and he was out of time uh, to go. So then I took the trailer and the stuff home and got to Saskatoon. And uh, now there, I was ready to go, but Emma really wanted to have Christmas at home with everybody. And if I had left then with Duncan, we wouldn't have made it back for Christmas. We were too tight then. So we thought, okay, well, we'll wait a bit and um, we'll go um, We'll go after Christmas, like we'll go Boxing Day. So, And that was good because Toronto was just going into tighter lockdowns at that point and we thought we could get the stuff there. Duncan and I could still set it up and then when the kids fly there on the 28th, they can undo their boxes and they'll be fine. They'll have time. So then we had Christmas, which was really nice. And then uh, we were ready to go Boxing Day. Just Duncan and I were going to go. And uh, at 4.30 in the morning, uh, our, our plan was to go from Saskatoon to Dryden, Ontario on day one. Wow. So it's a long it's a yeah. long day, but it can be done. So we got up. We were had everything loaded. The, the, tr- the kind of retightened everything in the trailer. 4.30 in the morning. Duncan's up. Um, I opened the back of the U-Haul and we're putting like a, a couple of last things in there. Uh, and I start the truck. It's right in front of our house. Uh, and then I go in the house uh, to give uh, my wife, uh, Shauna, a hug goodbye. And Duncan standing in the front entryway with his coat on and his little travel bag. And I turn around to go out and the truck is gone. <laughs> the truck. And I, 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 at first, I don't believe, like it doesn't computing in my brain. Like, what the hell? I just started the truck. And... I look around and it is gone. Someone has taken, gotten in the truck. In the one minute I was in the house, in the front entryway, somebody jumped in and, and took off. So I run up to the house and I say to Shauna, phone 911, someone just stole the truck. And she laughs. And then I burst into tears because all of the kids' stuff was in the back. All the belongings of these four oh, kids no. for the trip. Everything was in the in this U-Haul. And so she phones 911 right away. Um, and tells the police, they say they'll start looking for it, but they say don't don't have high hopes because it's hard to find missing vehicles. And so then I phone Chris, the owner of the truck, at just about five in the morning now, and say, look, I'm sorry to wake you up, but this has just happened. And uh, I just, you know, can you phone your insurance company or whatever? Because I don't know if we'll find it. I'll update you. Later, Chris told me that he'd been on a bender the night before. And he thought that his wife, who was annoyed at him, had put me up to this as a practical <laughs> joke to phone him at four. Because it was four in the morning in Alberta. The, just to mess with him because he'd spent too late out at night. 
Anyway, so I phoned woke him up. Emma is up. She's devastated, but she's messaging her friends and letting them know. We and then my wife is like she is one of her brilliant skills is finding out things on the internet. So now she's trolling different Facebook pages about like crimes in Saskatoon and police. And she sees a post. She posts on a bunch of things about our missing truck. And she finds a post at about seven in the morning that uh, somebody over on Avenue P and 33rd Street saw our truck um, and trailer pulled over over there. And so we're back and forth a little bit with the police. Um, and uh, we have a, a connection at the police department who looked into it a little bit for us. Uh, and we learned later that uh, the police plane, the spotter plane, had seen our truck within a minute of it leaving our house, and they were following it. Um, and um, when I phoned Astro, they, and then eventually the police phoned me and said, it's at Astro Towing, so go there on Monday, um, and you can go see it. And uh, they, Astro Towing told me, uh, so then I phoned, this is a Saturday, and I said, is there any way I can get in today, because we're supposed to be leaving for Toronto, and... And now if I'm, month, I'm two more days, like, again, I'm not going to make it for the kids uh, and their stuff on time. So they said, no, there's no way you can get in until Monday. It's a secure compound. And they said, but we'll tell you, the good news is your trailer's here, your truck is here. The bad news is it was involved in a high-speed police chase, and they drove it through two spike belts as they tried to get it to stop through downtown, and all of the tires are probably destroyed. Yeah, on the truck and the trailer oh. and and they said when I and they went out and looked and they said and I can see the back of your trailer is still open so I don't know if your stuff is still there or if it fell out during this drive this chase or what one quick addition that Michael shared with me after we stopped recording was that thanks to his dad's meticulous and skillful packing and strapping none of the students belongings were lost in the high-speed chase despite the back doors flapping open the entire time Let's go back to the live recording. So so at least the stuff is there and my our friend's truck is there. So that's good. But there's no way I can make it with the stuff now in time for Emma and the kids to make it there on the 28th. So Shauna starts phoning um, moving companies in, uh, to see who would be able to now move the stuff for us, which we didn't do at the beginning because it was super expensive. It was about double the cost for than me driving the stuff out and coming back. But by some, now the stars start to align to have a solution. Because of COVID, no one's moving, and the prices are way down from what they were way back in the fall. So Shauna finds someone who's going from Vancouver to Hamilton and has a bit of extra room in a, a truck, following truck, and they said, we'll pick up your stuff if you can have it Monday afternoon at your place, and then we'll take it for you. So then I go to the Astro Towing Yard first thing Monday morning um, with... Chris's brother who lives outside of town and he's got like a horse trailer and a three quarter ton truck and we go and like there's no way this truck is going anywhere all the tires are destroyed the rims are all chewed up the U-Haul trailer has two tires that are the same um, and we had learned since that because the truck was from Alberta um, it would have to be towed back to Alberta for inspection before it would be allowed to do anything so the truck's not going anywhere anyhow and in the truck, we found all of this drug paraphernalia, like needles, syringes, a half-empty bottle of whiskey that had the lid open and was sitting on the underneath the seat, just kind of propped up on an angle. I don't know how it didn't spill everywhere, but there was all of this stuff in there. So me and Chris's brother unload the trailer, unload the truck, move it all back to our place, into our garage, 
and we got to get it ready for the movers to come. Uh, so then we, we beat the movers by about an hour. They come with a big, like a, like a two ton cube van type truck and a couple of guys. And we labeled all the stuff with them and uh, they moved it all in and they said, it's no problem. We're going to be there on the 29th and we'll drop it off at your kid's place, which is great because Emma and her one and the Saskatoon friend were going on the 28th. So they'd have one night with no stuff and then it would arrive and they could help unload it. So, oh, thank God this story is over. But no, then <laughs> we find out. So they leave and then the mover phones us on the 28th. Uh, so the morning of the 28th, Emma and her friend have left six in the morning. We take them to the airport. We have our tearful goodbye. They head out. And right after they leave, the mover phones us and says, yeah, there was a problem. Uh, the moving truck broke down in London, Ontario, and all of your stuff is in the moving compound in London. And I think we can get it there by January the 5th. So uh, we're kind of like, well, what are the kids going to do? Like they can't live for a week with nothing. Like there was literally nothing in their apartment. So then Shauna used her super finding skills again and found another mover in London who went to the first mover's yard, unpacked all of the stuff, put it in a different truck and then moved it to the kid's place. Finally, they did get their stuff on the 30th. And by then all four kids are there. So they had two nights. I think one kid slept in the bathtub. Uh, <laughs> one kid, one, the Owen, the, the boy from Alberta whose dad had the truck, he actually had brought a blow up mat and his camping stuff. So he was set, but all of the other kids were sleeping on like towels or their, their suitcases and things for two nights. And then finally their stuff came and they spent New Year's kind of setting up their little apartment. And um, it, at, at the end, they got it set up and they were ready to go when school started. But that was the ordeal of uh, getting Emma moved to Toronto. <laughs> so that's the story. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks for sharing that epic saga. That's incredible. Yep. And uh, I really appreciate you taking time to tell us that. It is a story that I'm going to have to think about and debrief on for a long time with you. That's going to be fun. But we won't do it now. We all take different things away from the stories that we hear. And so I don't want to uh, do the debriefing for other people who will listen to this and let other people take the, the uh, lessons and, and uh, significance away from the story that they will. So we'll yeah. talk about it after, after we sign off. Uh, so again, thank you for, for telling this uh, incredible story. And it's been wonderful to talk with you. Oh, thank you, Dave. It was a pleasure to be here. It was wonderful to hear Michael's story of trials and tribulations on the road and in the garage. I hope you enjoyed hearing it as much as I did. And thank you for joining me on Stories Told by Friends. To conclude, here's an insight on stories from Michael. I think stories are important because they are, they are the thing that helps us to have relationships with the people that we're connected to. And I think as we tell those stories, that's you, you have you laugh with your the people you're telling it with, or they have compassion for you, or um, but those are the things that help keep those connections strong. And I think you know even this year in in COVID times, to be able to tell those stories, whether it's on the phone or FaceTime or Zoom, I think those have been it's reminded me of how important that is, even when you can't get together with people. So, um, though I think those moments are really precious. Hey, if you have questions or want to comment on what you've heard, feel free to send me your responses. Our email is storiestoldbyfriends, all one word, 
at gmail.com. Or you can leave a voice message on our old answering machine at 306-665-3101. Please include your name and where you're from, and we might use your responses on the show.